All right, you guys ready for a new soundtrack? It's been great to already have the soundtrack of worship running this morning. We're going to have a little bit more time for that uh, after the message as well, to have some more great music and worship that really focuses our thoughts and our mind. Well, again, welcome to the first Sunday of 2024. I am so glad to see you here this morning. As Kyle said, good job. You all get a gold star on your attendance chart. That is wonderful. Now let's keep it going for 51 more weeks. You guys got it? All right, in person or online, always great to have you here. Hope you had a great Christmas and that your new year is off to a fantastic start. And as we begin this new year, thinking about what kind of message series can really help us focus our year and give a good framework for where we want to go, uh, this new series is starting today, Soundtrack, Soundtrack, Changing Our Tune for the New Year. I don't know if you have any favorite soundtracks. I think back to when um, I was just a, a middle schooler, I think I was... Let's see here, I was been 12, 13 years old, and I remember um, just having seen a movie that just really pumped me up, and I got the, uh, I got the soundtrack from the movie. Did, did, maybe, do you guys recognize this at all? I, it was a... Yeah, and that's exactly what I had. I had the cassette tape, and um, Rocky Four, right? Sylvester Stallone, Rocky Balbo taking on Ivan Drago, the giant from, from Russia, right? And, and man, that was like, I remember that movie just pumping me up and having the soundtrack, putting it in my little Sony Walkman that I could clip on. And then I had like the, the headphones with like the little foam pad and the metal wire on top and getting on my 10 speed, you know, with the little things. And I was just like, man, listen to that training montage. You know that I mean that was just you remember when uh, when when Rocky was like training in the barn and in the Soviet Union remember that he was training so I put that music on and I just felt like man then of course the most famous famous track right dig a 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 I the Tiger. Oh, man, still, man, that song just pumps you up. Actually, studies have been shown that it's in the ages of like 13 to 15, 16, that actually forms your, your musical tastes. And so if that tells you anything, um, <laughs> I like I the Tiger. I still do. It still, it still pumps me up. But um, that soundtrack, right? Soundtracks, you listen to movies, you watch movies. Soundtracks make a huge difference, don't they? from what you're seeing, from what you're experiencing in the movie. I know for our kids, if, especially when they were younger, right, if there was a scary part in a movie, but it wasn't too scary to, to like fast forward, you know, all you had to do was what? Push mute. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, all the, the, the scary stuff is gone. Like the music creates an atmosphere, creates a feel for, the, for what's happening in the movie. And it can, it can you know, create the scary scenes and create romantic scenes. But, you know, we're not here talking about uh, music today. I don't want to, I mean, even though music is a part of that and we have a musical soundtrack, it's more about this idea of what are the soundtracks that are running through our head. And so in the series soundtrack, what are these, these loops? Now, we each have these, these tunes that are playing in our mind, that are playing in our heads. Now, it would be great if it was music. Wouldn't it be fun just to be walking around life and then just have this accompanying soundtrack? Whatever you're doing, right? Like it just either pumps you up or it makes you chill or jazz pops in or then it's like, you know, romantic music in certain places. And it just, but it doesn't work that way. But we do have a soundtrack that runs in our mind. And what I'm talking about is like these lyrical loops. They're like these, these thoughts, these recurring phrases, things that we hear in our mind and they run through our thoughts over and over and over again. And if we start paying attention, we realize we all have some of these, these lyrical loops that run through our minds. So some of them might be real positive, like you might, they pump you up, like, you know, you got this. You go into something, I got this, I can do it, I think I can, right? 
And other times it's more like, man, why, why am I such a screw-up? I can't ever seem to get it right. Why do things never just work out for me? And so these are just some of the examples, and we're going to have lots more of these examples, and I want you to be thinking through what are the soundtracks that you have running in your mind. Now, there's a great book that I actually read after we started planning for the series, but it's actually called Soundtrack, and we got our, um, our, our idea from this as well, and I'll reference it a few times today. It's a book called Soundtrack. It's by John, uh, John Acuff, and um, what's the, his subline is The Surprising Solution to Overthinking. And so... Uh, I want to think about these soundtracks that we have in our mind. Here's how I would define soundtrack. It's a recurring phrase or recurring phrases that loop and linger in our mind and affect our actions. So a couple things happening here. They're phrases, thoughts, and they kind of just hang out here. They loop and they linger, but what's also important to notice is they affect our action. It results in how we begin to approach the, our, our lives. And there can be negative and positive soundtracks that we can listen to. So a negative soundtrack, uh, John Acuff defines it this way. Negative soundtracks are broken soundtracks, right? Are negative stories you tell yourself about yourself and your world. Think about that for a moment. These stories these, that, that you tell about your past, about your life, about who you are, or even as you see other people or other situations. And these are the broken soundtracks that we often approach uh, life with. Sometimes we might say something like, man, someone like me never gets the job. And you already have that mindset as you go into it. Or someone like me never gets the girl. Someone like me never makes the team. And we have these soundtracks that run, and it's a broken soundtrack that already begins to affect us as we enter, enter a situation. Or you can have posit positive soundtracks, right? You get into uh, you know, a job interview and you say, man, I'm capable. I've prepared my whole life for this. I'm ready whatever comes. And it's a different kind of soundtrack. So what's the problem? The problem is we can have both. It isn't a problem that we can have both positive and negative. The problem is that the negative soundtracks dominate our life. The negative soundtracks are the ones that we often give the greatest deference to. Those are the ones we tend to listen to. Those are the ones that, that, that begin to affect ourselves and they begin to defeat we begin to defeat ourselves through listening to these soundtracks and so what we want to look at is what are these soundtracks and and as i was preparing the series and really thinking through what are some of my soundtracks what are some of the things that that run through my head and i started listing them out and it didn't take me long and i had 14 of them just like that <laughs> whoa <laughs> And I've added to them since then because I've started to learn to listen in and going, why do I say some of these things to myself? Why do I, in different situations, already begin to defeat myself? Things like, man, I'm not a good leader. Man, if people only knew what I had going on in my life and my struggles, yeah, I've got a doctorate, but man, if you only knew how much I didn't know about the Bible, I hope people don't find out. Imposter syndrome, anyone ever experienced some of that? Right, we deal with the, these situations, soundtracks that come. You know, I've thought my whole life about, about writing a book, but I tell myself, like, who would ever want to read a book that I write? I'm not successful enough. Man, I'm 51 years old. My best days are behind me. You know, I mean, I missed my opportunities. I missed... Those are the kinds of soundtracks that when we talk them and say them, we don't necessarily say them out loud, and maybe we don't even realize. I don't even realize that I say that stuff, but I get into situations, and someone's going, where does that come from? Where do I hear that, and why do I continue to repeat things like that to, to myself? And some of that comes from past experiences, maybe failures and, and struggles and regrets. Maybe it's the voice of a, of a parent that you're hearing, or a coach. Maybe it was a, a teacher 
Maybe it was a boss, a coworker. And what's amazing to me is sometimes a soundtrack can be formed, and I can remember one situation too, just, just one comment, one thing that was said by one person, and I can still replay it over and over in my mind. Those are some of those broken soundtracks. What are yours? What are those soundtracks that are playing on repeat? Maybe you say something like, nobody will ever love me. I'm just bad at relationships. I'm not likable. I'm not good enough. I guess this is just how it's going to be. I'm damaged goods. I'm a failure. God could never use me. I can never catch a break. I always screw things up. You think about your dreams, you think about your hopes or whatever. I, I, I could never start a new career. I could never write a book. I could never start a podcast. I don't think I could ever make that team. I could never travel to Europe. I could never and fill in the blanks. And these are the broken soundtracks. And what happens as you begin to think about this, and I really hope again today that you begin to really learn to listen and begin to be observant about what's happening, is we have soundtracks that run through our mind constantly. When you get up in the morning, when that alarm goes off, what are the first thoughts that run through your mind? <laughs> I'm ready for the day. I can't wait to go. There's going to be some great opportunities for me at work. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see those cars on the drive to work and traffic. I'm going to wave to every one of them. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> or, oh, no, I hate my job. I don't want to be here. Why do I have to do this? All, right, if you, all day long, there's stuff that's going through our minds, and we don't even notice it. We don't even think about it. The soundtrack that's playing. Uh, a Navy SEAL is named David Goggins. He wrote the book, Can't Hurt Me, Master Your Mind and Defy the Odds. Here's what he says. The most important conversations you'll ever have are the ones you'll have with yourself. You wake up with them. You walk around with them. You go to bed with them. And eventually, you learn to act on them, whether they be good or bad. And so these soundtracks that happen when you go into a meeting, when you meet with somebody, when you approach a new situation, it's this inner dialogue that we have. And what I'm here to say is I think that's a place where we can do a lot of growing and we can be defeated in that. So today I want to start with track one. We're going to have five tracks, right, We're doing soundtracks. Track one is a new song. A new song. We need a new song. We need a new tune. We need something else to listen to. And a, just a verse that I think is so beautiful for this is Psalm 40, verse 3. It says this, He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. I think maybe just for us to think about here at the beginning of the year, asking God, give me a new song. As I approach 2024, let me put to bed the songs in the past. Let me put that, that was great for that year. Or maybe it wasn't great, but I'm starting a new year. God, give me a new song. What is that song that you want me to sing, that you want me to have on repeat? Because we can have New Year's resolutions, and the series isn't about making a resolution. It's not about setting goals. Those are good things. Some of us have already missed them, by the way, right? <laughs> we're seven days in. We're like, man, I meant to start that on January 1, but man, it's New Year's Day. <laughs> we'll start tomorrow, right? And that's how it goes. But if we change our thinking, if we change the soundtrack, if we change the way we view this, there's a fundamental difference that can happen in our lives. And I think if we can dial into that early in this year and really look at this year and say, how am I talking to myself? What, who am I listening to? 
what's going on in here, and how can God give me a new song? I believe 2024 can be very different. The powerful way to truly change your life is by changing the way you think. And that's what we're going to be focusing on. And God's Word has so much to say about that. So we're going to jump into God's Word and hear what He says. And uh, I just want to begin, though, with just a moment, a time of prayer, and just ask for us to really listen to what God has to say to us. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for a new year, a chance to turn the page, to start fresh, to look ahead with anticipation. And Father, we right now just ask you to speak to us in our hearts, in our spirits, God, to our inner ear that we would listen to you. And Father, that we would today begin to identify some of these soundtracks, these negative thoughts that that aren't helping us, God, that are hindering us. And Father, would we learn to dial into a new song that you have. So today, God, we just open ourselves to your word and to your truth and to your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. A great verse that I want to begin with that I think speaks right into this is Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans chapter 12, 2. Here's what it says. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Changing the way we think. Letting God transform us. That there's something different, that there's something God wants to do into us to make us a new person, and it has to do with our thinking. Romans 12, 2, in the New International Version, a different translation. Sometimes it's good to look at different translations as they translate here in the New Testament, the Greek, and sometimes a word can uh, have different nuances. And so looking at the, the NIV, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So one says the re- transformation by the renewing of our mind. The other one says by changing the way you think. And what it's doing here is it's creating a link between our thinking and who we are. The Bible's making it very clear here. The way we think has a lot to do with who we are. If we want to be a new person, we have to change the way we think. We have to change the renewing of our mind because what's going to happen is we're going to look at these customs and behaviors that we're modeling our lives after in this world and around us, and God's going to give us a different way to approach it. A new way to look at it, it's going to change us into a different person. So we have to change the way that we think. How we think shapes who we are. Don't discount what goes on in here that has a lot to do with who you are becoming as a person, who you are, and how you live. And there's an interesting study that... that, looked at this idea of how does our thinking affect our behavior and, and, and who we are. So a, group, a study was done between two groups of students that were, get, that were put into separate rooms, and they were given random words, and they were told to make sentences and just kind of put these random words together into some sort of uh, sentences or structures. And the only difference between the groups was one group that had the random words, the other one had some other words thrown into it that were maybe associated with, with old age, maybe something like, you know, wrinkles or Florida or prune juice, I don't know, or whatever, right? You got some other words, no offense anyone here, just this is the study, it's not me. Um, and so they had, to make, they had to make sentences out of these things, and so they spent some time doing that, and they were being studied. And then when they finished uh, with this, they were, they were asked to go to a different part of the building and, and, and walk there, to a different room. And that's actually when the real study began, which was simply timing them to see how long it would take to get from one room to the next. And wouldn't you know it, and it was repeated again and again, that those who had to work with words that had to do more with older age walked slower. 
And it's kind of an odd connection. Like it wasn't something consciously done. It wasn't something intentionally done. But it was replicated to say that how we think and what we're presupposing our brains to and what we're putting in there begins to affect our actions. So how you approach a situation, how you approach your day and your life has direct bearing. How we think shapes who we are. And we tend to think like, you know, what's Paul talking about? Renewing our mind. Can our mind be renewed? We think like the phrase, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. True or false? <laughs> but it's become something we say all the time, right? Or, you know, we sometimes seem to say it, especially as we get older, we tend to say it in like, I don't really want to change. You know, I am who I am. It's just who God made me. At this point, I'm not going to change. And we kind of get stuck and we think like this is where we're at. And it does get harder the older you get to make some changes and to think, change our thinking and the way we approach the world and, and new information that comes our way. There's all kinds of science that goes on about that. And I actually want to take a couple of moments here to, to consider modern science. Because modern science has affirmed what we read in the scripture about the renewing of our minds, that there's studies that, that as, the, as we look at the brain, and, and I'm not a doctor, I mean, I'm a doctor of ministry, but not of medicine, but I, I did stay in the Holiday Inns once, and um, I read, some, I read some, uh, some stuff on this as I was preparing for this, and so don't take this as, you know, scientific, you know, whatever, it's just, I'm, I'm passing along information, but this idea of, if you've heard of it, neuroplasticity, neuroplasticity, I'm reading about it, and I'm hearing about it in a lot more different places. Here's what neuroplasticity is. It's the ability of the brain to form and reorganize synaptic connections, especially in response to learning or experience or following injury. Sorry, some of you guys feel like you're right back in school again. Are you taking good notes? This is going to be on the final, all right? So make sure you take good notes. But neuroplasticity, this idea that it's malleable, that our brain can rewire, that, that it can make new connections, Especially, again, you've seen it after somebody's had an injury or has to learn to walk again or talk again. You'd say, come on, the time has passed for that. You learned that at one point. No, you can remake those connections. You can form new neural connections even through learning and, and things of that nature. And so what happens, and the way that it happens is another term here. It's the neuropathways. So neuropathways, these are the connections. It's a series of connected neurons that send signals from one part of the brain to another. So there are these pathways that go back and forth. And this is just how, uh, how awesome God, God created our brains, that back and forth. It, when, you, when you do one action and you repeat it, all of a sudden it creates that pathway. You connect these, these, these neural pathways. You can think about them like, like roads, like well-worn roads. And the more that you make a connection, the, the stronger that path goes or even creates like a, like a deep groove. And so when you learn something, let's say you're learning an instrument or, or, or you know, something new, at first you know, you're playing the piano and it's like, Okay, that note is on this bar, and that means it's a C, and that's the middle C, and I go up, and ding. I mean, there's no connection there, right? right? I mean, you just have to work through all of that just to make that one connection. But you keep doing that repeatedly. Now, you're somebody like Roger up here who's playing, and you don't even think about where it is. It's just like, boom, and you're just all over the place because those, those connections are there, and they're firing, and they're made, and they're just, they're already there. And so the more we do that, the faster those connections come, the more ingrained they become. And that's how we learn to read and drive and, and ride a bike and walk and talk and all those things that we, that we don't even have to think about. And that's why we get into a place of saying, well, I guess that's just who we are and how we're wired. But what we have to learn is we can create new connections. We have to maybe rewire some of those very negative things that you have these thoughts based on something in the past. And instantly your thought goes to, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm a failure. 
oh man, my past is haunting me. And, and we instantly already make those connections because we continue to listen to them and we circle them back and back and back. But neuroplasticity says we can grow and we can change. And there's one more, one more word that I have for you here, and it is, <laughs> I don't have it mem- memorized, uh, neurogenesis. <laughs> neurogenesis, so even those words. So the author, uh, Caroline, uh, Caroline Leaf, writes it this way. She says, every morning when you wake up, new baby nerve cells have been born while you were sleeping that are there at your disposal to be used in, learning, uh, in tearing down toxic thoughts and rebuilding healthy thoughts. So think about that. Every morning, as you wake up, there's been new growth, that your brain is still growing, new nerve cells, just waiting to be told, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to link up to? And so those, are those first thoughts that you have, those things that you have during the day, you might just be telling, oh, just go back to those same pathways, just reinforce those same things. Or I want to think something new. I want to do something different, and we can actually transform our mind. Like the Bible says, you can renew your mind. You can change your thinking. And Paul realized that when he's writing this, and, and he's saying, we, you've been following a certain pattern, right? The pattern of the world, the customs of this world. Now, he didn't know neurogenesis and neuroplasticity and neuropathways. Those weren't part of his vocabulary. And this isn't just an exercise in mental uh, and physical trans- transformation. But it speaks to the way that God wired us that we can change that there can be new learning and that we can build new paths. And, and Paul is saying, don't follow the customs and behaviors of this world, but be transformed into a new path and to do something new and to change your thinking so we don't get stuck in those old patterns, that we can become the new person God made us to be. You change direction by changing your thinking. Think about that. You change direction by changing your thinking. But so many times we just fall into the same patterns and we just do the same thing over and over. We wonder, why are we stuck? Let's change our thinking. Craig Rochelle, pastor who's also written on this, says this, your, your life moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. What are you thinking about? What's going through your mind? Where are you focusing on? And then you look at the scripture that we're looking at in Romans uh, chapter 12 here. Let God transform you. This isn't just about some self-help and just mental you know, hoop, hoops that we jump through, but this is about us submitting to God, saying, God, you created me, you know me, I want you to allow me to transform me. Transform me, God. Let God do this. And I, and I think about the story or that we read in, in the Bible about uh, Jesus' disciples, and one of his closest disciples was Peter. And we think about Peter, and we think about who he you know, is, and I don't know if you've seen The, the Chosen. I think they do a fun job depicting him, but he's just kind of, a, in some ways, a hot-headed, just impulsive kind of guy. He just jumps into situations, and he's all or nothing, and you, you love his character because yeah, he's with you, he's for you, but man, he's just all over the place because of just his, 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 his zeal and his fervor. And so there's a moment where... Um, Jesus is, you know, asking the disciples who he is, and, and Peter recognizes, and he says, you're the Messiah. You're the Son of God. He sees Jesus for who he is, and his eyes were open in that way. Um, and then here's the, what we read in Matthew 16, 17, and 18. Jesus replied to him, you are blessed, Simon, son of John. We'll pause for a minute. Wait, isn't this Peter? <laughs> Peter, his name was Simon, right? Simon, son of John. That's how he was known. Up until this point, he was always referred to, his, his name was Peter. But he says to, to Simon, because my father, you're blessed because my father has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter. 
which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the powers of hell will not conquer it. In this moment, Jesus changed his name, saying, Peter, you might be all this and on one direction, then another all over the place, but I'm going to give you a new name. I'm going to call you Rock. Well before Dwayne Johnson was ever called the Rock. <laughs> all right? Peter, you are the Rock. He may not have been living that out yet. He may still be in process, but it was like a vision for him. It was a way that God was going to change him, that every time his name was called, every time he was spoken to, it was a different image of who Peter was. Peter, you're, you're not going to just be drifting around back and forth. You're going to be the rock. You're going to be something we can build the church on. You're somebody I can depend on. And he began to change who he was. And do you know what? Peter began to live that out, didn't he? He began to found the church and to start the church. He stepped out in boldness in a way that he didn't run and flee. He became what God called him to be. He let God change him. So what does this mean for us? Well, basically, we need a new soundtrack. I mean, that's what this whole series is about, is thinking about what is that soundtrack? What's playing in our minds? And John Acuff in his book gives us a couple of good handles that I want to uh, expound on and add some, some scripture foundation as well to that. And he says this is the, the process that we need. Very simple. It's retire replace, and repeat. Retire, replace, and repeat. Let me say a little bit about each of these ways that we can get a new soundtrack. So retire. Name that tune. Remember that, remember that show back in the day? Name that tune. I think it came back recent, more recently they tried it. I don't know. I didn't watch the more recent one. But I remember it was always so amazing, right? They'd play a couple of notes, and then they'd kind of debate with each other, like, oh, I can name that tune in five notes. I can name that in four notes. I can name that. No, you know, sometimes they'd just play like, a note and somebody would guess the tune and you'd be like, how do they do that? Because our wiring is that way. Sometimes you just hear a, a couple of notes and instantly you know what that song is. And what I want us to do is to recognize in us what is that tune that continues to play in your mind. And if you're like me, you'll have lots of different tunes as you become aware of them. Maybe some are more dominant than others. But we need to listen in. We need to dial in. What is that tune? How do I name that tune? Second Corinthians 10.5 says this. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Taking captive every thought. Sometimes we're so passive in our thoughts, they just let them go wherever they want and think about whatever, and good and bad and ugly and different, negative. It's take captive. If it's not from God, if it's not from the knowledge of Him, if it's not what He has for us, how do you take that captive? You begin by identifying it. Name that tune. What is that tune? Take it captive. Write it down. It's something when you start singing 14, 15, 16, 20 different soundtracks that you have running in your mind. All of a sudden, you're more aware when those come up. Literally, write them down. I want this. You have an assignment. Every one of you has homework today. You have homework today. Write down what are those tracks. Begin to listen. I'm not joking. Write them down somewhere. It's important that we identify, that we take them captive, and we say, I want to make them obedient to Christ. If you're wondering what some of those negative and broken soundtracks are, they usually have, like these, they usually have words like never, always, you know, everyone, no one. These general statements that, that we kind of go, is that really true, right? We say things like, you know, nothing ever works out for me. I always screw things up. That will never work. Everyone is out to get me. No one ever listens to my ideas. And those are the things that we say. So what are your soundtracks? Now, John gives three um, good 
lenses for us to determine if these soundtracks, uh, you know, th some questions we should ask of our sound soundtracks. So as we think about retiring them, identifying, here are three things you can ask. And the first is, is it true? After you see them, you write them down. Is it true? Now, this one can be a little deceptive because many of our soundtracks are rooted in some kind of experience, something that someone said, something that we did, and, and maybe there's some truth to it. Maybe you did mess up. Maybe you did screw up. Maybe you were a failure. Maybe you have struggled with relationships. But is it true for now and always? Is it true going forward? We have to ask ourselves that question. Is it true? Is it helpful? That's a good one, isn't it? Is it helpful? Is repeating these things and saying these things to yourself, does that help you as you go into a new situation? Does that help you when you go into to work? Does it help you every time you take a test to say, you know what, oh, I'm just no good at taking tests? Does that help you? <laughs> you know, is it helpful? And then another one to ask, is it kind? Are you being kind to yourself? Isn't it amazing how hard we can be on ourselves? We can be harsh. We can be hard. And you, but but we, we take it and we put up with it. And if you're not sure if you're being, you know, if, it, if it's being kind, ask yourself, would you, how would a friend respond to that if you were to ask your friend over, you know, say that to your friend over and over again, the thing that you're thinking? If you're continuing to tell that to your friend, you keep saying that to them every time they're in a situation, you know. How would, how would they feel? They'd probably break up the friendship, being like, no, that's just rude. That's, that's not kind. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it kind? And so we start identifying. We name that tune, and we say, all right, this is, this is, these are the soundtracks. So what we do, once we have them, now we need to retire them. We need to say, I, I can't keep listening to those. I'm not going to keep having those. We take those thoughts captive. Then we need to replace. And what we need to do is we need to write a new track. Write a new track. Start telling yourself something else. Start listening to a different track. What is that? It says, let God do this for you, right? So Philippians 4.8 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Fix your thoughts. Think about these things. Where are your thoughts? What are you thinking about? What is it that you're telling yourself? What are, what's it rooted in? Is it grounded? Is it in truth? The Bible says that the, that the devil is the father of all lies. Where do these things come from that you're, that, 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 that you're allowing your life to be derailed by? Say, God, no, I need a new truth. I need to hear from you what is true and honorable. And many times it's the opposite of the soundtrack that we've been telling ourselves. And when we listen into God and say, God, I want to fix my thoughts on what is true, you start fixing your thoughts on things like, you're worthy, you're loved, you're capable, you're uniquely gifted, God has a purpose for you, he's wired you in a, in a way to contribute to this world in some significant ways. You're strong, you're courageous, you're more than a conqueror, you don't have to fear you can do anything through God who gives you strength. And you start focusing on these truths and you start writing them for you. What is true? And you replace that soundtrack with a new track and you lean into that and saying, God, I want to fix my thoughts on what you have for me. And that's how God begins to work. And then the last thing is you repeat that. You groove to a new soundtrack in 2024. You're saying, this is my new soundtrack. When I hear that negative one, Ooh, no, not going there. God, I want a new soundtrack. I want to listen to you, what your word has to say about me and about these situations and what I'm going into, and I'm going to put that on repeat, and I'm going to form those new neural pathways. I'm going to begin to, to think that. That's going to become an instant thought, that when I, when I go into the gym, instead of dreading what I'm going to do, I'm going to go, I'm going to feel great afterwards. 
I'm going to feel great afterwards. That's the new soundtrack, not I dread going in. No, I'm going to feel great. I'm going to feel great after I don't eat that donut. I should have listened to that this morning. I had my, had my morning donut. But you replace those soundtracks, and you play them on repeat. And this is the, where we say, God, you've given me a new song, right? There's that psalm, right? God, I've given me a new song to sing in 2024. What is that song? And that's an action, isn't it? That's doing it and actively taking part in that saying, I'm going to sing. You, know, I mean, you may not actually sing it out. You may not say it, but maybe you write it on a post-it note and stick it somewhere where you see it every morning on your mirror. Maybe you put it on your home screen, on your phone, or on your watch, or at your laptop. Maybe it's in your car. Maybe you write about it. Maybe you say every day, I'm just going to write this phrase, whatever it is, and say, God, I'm going to hold this truth. I'm going to develop these, these new soundtracks because this is what my year is going to look like. I'm going to change the way I think. I'm going to start looking at life differently. And God, I'm going to ask you, change me. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I think this year we can march to the beat of a different drummer if we let God transform us. Say, God, I'm going to fix my eyes on you. I'm going to take captive those negative thoughts. I'm going to fix my thoughts on what is right and what is true. And God, I'm going to not look at the pattern of this world and what everyone else is saying and have said about me and my past, but I'm going to forge a new path. And when we start doing that, it's not about all the resolutions and the habits and the things. You're going to start being a different person. And that's what we come to Christ for. That's why when we follow Jesus, we lay down our lives and we say, God, I want to live my life according to your truth and to your way. And we become new people, a whole new person, Scripture talks about. And it begins by changing the way we think. It's not just all of our, you know, we, and we, we mix up our heart and our mind and our emotions and our soul and it's all kind of together. But God transforms us by changing our thinking. What do you need to be thinking about this year? How do you need to approach this new year? And let God do something powerful. We're going to close our time with communion. And we're going to ask God to give us a new soundtrack. And so I want you to just take a moment now, and maybe even as I've shared today, there's been something that is, you kind of go, yeah, I get caught in this a lot. And maybe you're still thinking about that. Over the next several weeks, we're going to look at some different areas in our lives, from our past to fear to regret to anxiety and worry. We're going to look at all these different areas and see how God can write a new soundtrack. But today, maybe we just come before God and say, God, help me to listen. I want to bring my broken soundtracks to you, and I want you to allow, I want to allow you to make me a new person. And as we come to the table in communion, at Meadow Park and in the body of Christ, when we share communion, we reflect on the bread which represents Christ's broken body for us. And we rep the cup that represents his blood that was spilled out for us on the cross. And I, if I look at what Jesus did for us in the context of soundtracks, what Jesus did on the cross completely changed the soundtrack of the way people live this world and the way we approach life. I mean, we think death is the end. It's over. We're stuck in our guilt. We're stuck in our sin. We're just, this is just who we are. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. We're changing that tune. We're not going to sing that tune anymore. You are worthy. You are loved. I came. I brought my life, my body broken for you, what he said when he broke it out. And he said, now take and eat. This is my body broken for you. So let's do that together today. Let's come before Jesus and say, Jesus, here, I give you my brokenness. And I come to you and receive your broken body for me to make me whole. Let's give Jesus thanks. And then Jesus took the cup 
It's a new covenant. It's a new day. You're not stuck in your sin. You're not stuck in the debt and the pain. I've paid for that. I've shed my blood for the forgiveness of your sins. There's a new song that you can sing. We give God thanks for what he did for us on the cross. Let's take the cup together. Just bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just stop and we give you thanks for what you did for us on the cross. That you would look at us and see our brokenness, our failures, our faults, the many times we fall short. And God, even in our best efforts, even when we are successful in the world's eyes, we still realize our own brokenness, Lord, and you see all that and you take it all. You say, I love you. I forgive you. I want to make you whole. And you took all of that upon yourself so that we can have a new life. And Father, as we begin this new year together, you don't want us to continue to be pulled back by things in our past or things that have been said or experiences that just are holding us back from experiencing all that you have for us. And to be that new person that you have created us to be. Father, help us today and help us this year to put some distance behind that. And to experience the newness of life that you can bring. Give us a new song, God. Put a new hope in us. Set us free to live fully for you. We commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen.